Well, our last scripture reading uh, comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, we're going to be in chapter 13. We're going to read verses 24 through 30. And then we're going to jump a little ahead to verse 36 and read verses 36 through 43. Um, give you a moment to turn there in your Bibles at home. Uh, this is uh, the parable of the weeds in the field. And this will be the, ba the basis for my sermon today. So Matthew 13, verses 24 through 30, and verses 36 through 43. Jesus told, another, told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time I will tell the harvesters, First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. He answered. Or, then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. Amen. Thus ends our reading of God's holy and unfailable word. May all who hear it shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. So why this parable? Why do we have the parable of the weeds in the field? What, what value does it hold? How, how does it speak into the, the, the Christian life? Each of these parables that Jesus tells hold within them a truth about the kingdom. That's why Jesus starts with these words. The kingdom of heaven is like. And so when we look at these parables and try to understand them, we must, we must place them in the framework of what Christ intended. Each one is describing an aspect of the kingdom. Each one holding a particular truth about Christ's reign. When, when Jesus became a man and, and when he entered into our world, what he was doing was he was establishing his kingdom. And, and with his kingdom, he brought with him both his justice and his peace. But, but if this is the case, then we must ask ourselves, why do we see so much evil in the world around us? 
Why, why, is there, why is there violence? Why is there unrest? Where, where is the peace and the justice that is supposed to come with the kingdom of heaven? Just, just last week, or maybe a week and a half ago, we were, we were all witnesses to a, to a man getting murdered by another man who had been commissioned to protect human life. It, it was an abuse of authority that demands justice. And, and, and thankfully, justice is being served. The, 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 the perpetrator has been charged, and, and he will stand trial for the crime that he committed. But, but unfortunately, all too often, tragedies such as this have gone unchecked in the past. Uh, abuses have been committed without any re repercussions. And, and, and when people feel like there is no justice, they, they tend to lash out. And this is what we have seen around our nation, is it not? A, a people that have become frustrated at a lack of justice. But what is the appropriate response for the Christian? What does Christ call, call us to do when we see injustice? How are we to act when, when the semblance of peace that we have in our world is shattered to pieces? Should we black out our pictures on social media? Should we take to the streets and, and protest? Should, should we go a step further and, and become violent, hoping that our voice will finally be heard? Should, should we use whatever means necessary until justice is fulfilled? Or is there a different approach that we as Christians should take? An approach that stems from a greater understanding of the kingdom of heaven. Our parable for today speaks to this issue. So let's, let's open our ears and see if we can understand the secrets of the kingdom. Look at verses 24 through 28. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and, and went away. When the wheat sprouted and, and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. Here we see both the setting and the conflict in our story. We are introduced to our protagonist, our, our hero, this sower of seeds. And we are also introduced to the villain, the, this enemy who, who secretly sowed the weeds among the wheat. But what was done in secret, it, it isn't discovered until the wheat had already sprouted heads. This meant that, that time had passed. The, the, the time for planning was long gone. It was too late to start over. Now what this enemy had done was, was a dastardly thing to do. For, for his goal was to ruin this man's harvest. You have to remember that, that when Jesus shared this story, he was speaking to a first century agrarian culture. These people knew what the harvest meant. Lives were at stake if, if a man could not produce food. And these people also knew that the, that the story that Jesus was telling was unfortunately all too real. For there were actual cases where, where one man's field had been purposefully infested with darnel plants. Perhaps there were 
two feuding families and, and in an act of malice, the, the, one of the members of the family would go out in the middle of the night, scatter these Darnell seeds throughout the other's field. Now this Darnell, it was hard to distinguish from the wheat. And it wasn't until the heads appeared that, that, that you could tell the difference. And by that time, you know, their, their roots would have been interwoven. And so, and so what we see um, in our story is, is great wisdom on the part of the sower. For how, for how he handles this problem, it demonstrates great patience. Let, let's look at the rest of this parable. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then, gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. This owner of the field knows that his only chance to retrieve a harvest is to let both plants grow together. And once the harvest is ready, then he will separate the weeds from the wheat. Great story, but what does it mean? What does it teach us about the kingdom of heaven? This is exactly what the disciples asked. Uh, look at verse 36. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. With the, the crowds gone, the disciples were now free for Jesus to reveal his secrets. For if you recall, the reason he began speaking in parables was to, was to hide his message from those who refused to listen. But the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom had been given to the ones that he called family. And it should be comforting to us that the fact that these disciples needed explanation. For this, this shows us that they, that they were not different from the crowds because of their great minds or, or their intuitive ability. Rather, it was because of their persistence in seeking an answer that Jesus disclosed the mysteries of the kingdom. And the good news is that he will reveal these things to you as well. If you will come to him and just ask. Look at, look at Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. This, this is his promise for those who seek him. He will disclose the mysteries of the kingdom to those with repentant heart and eyes of faith. And in fulfillment to these words, he gives an answer to his disciples. Look back at our chapter uh, once again. Look at verse 37. <clears throat> he answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. <clears throat> In this first part of Jesus' explanation, we see who the players are. The sower is Christ himself, the Son of Man, God in human flesh. 
the one who went to the cross and died for the sins of his people. And the good seed uh, that he plants are the sons of the kingdom, those who are repentant and trust in Jesus. The weeds, they are the sons of the evil one, those who lack faith and are unrepentant, those who practice evil and cause sin. <clears throat> and the one who sows them is the devil himself, that, that fallen angel, the enemy of God himself. But there is one other detail that we cannot miss, and that is the setting where the action takes place, where the sower plants his seed. For if we get the setting wrong, then we will most likely get the meaning of the parable wrong as well. What is this, this field that Jesus is talking about? The field is the world. This, this is a crucial, crucial point. Most of the sermons that I have heard on this parable set the stage as a church. Pastors talking about the wheat and the tares sitting side by side in the pews. And, and this has become com, common parlance amongst, amongst Christians, has it not? And while it's true that there are false believers within the visible church, that, that is not what Jesus said in this parable. It is not what he is talking about here. And to turn this teaching into that topic is to miss the point altogether. No. What, what, what Jesus is addressing is a, is a reality that describes an aspect of his kingdom. You see, the, the, the children of God, though they are in the kingdom of God, they are also planted in his creation, a creation that is fallen. <clears throat> and with that being the case, those, those who are following Christ will spend their lives intermingled with the sons of the evil one. They will have to deal with the, with the evils of this world. They will know heartache and pain just like, just like everyone else. Now you may be asking yourself, what's the point? We already know that there is suffering in this world. Yes, we do. But, but we also have the advantage of, of 2,000 years of reflection. Listen, what, what, what you have to understand is that the Jews at this time who, who were looking for the Messiah believed that, that once that he arrived, he would usher in this golden era, a, a time when justice would be meted out and, and all, and all who, who caused wickedness would be done away with. A time when those who were, were in anguish would be set free from their chains of oppression. I mean, isn't this what we saw when, when John the Baptist questioned Jesus? For, for, for he wondered why a man like Herod could, could continue to live in his sin while, while he was rotting in prison. And so we asked, are you the one who was to come or should we expect someone else? John wanted justice. He, he wanted the judgment of God to come and remove all evil. But it was more than just justice that the people were looking for. For, for with the coming of the Messiah, there would also be shalom, a time of peace, a time of prosperity. Shalom was the expectation of the people. It was what they were hoping for when they, when, when they saw all the miracles that Jesus was performing. 
You see, they, 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 they were looking at the end of a book like Isaiah and reading about this idyllic age where all the, 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 the ramifications of the curse would be done away with and shalom would reign. I mean, look at Isaiah 65, verse 17. Behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. These were the expectations for when the Messiah came. And in some sense, they were, they were seeing this through Jesus. I mean, a man who could heal the sick and raise the dead certainly had the power to deliver his people into this joyous kingdom. And yet in our parable for today, we see something altogether different. The wheat and the weeds growing together. That is the reality. That is what the kingdom is like. But are we any different than the people from 2,000 years ago? Have we really changed? In many ways, we, we are still fighting for that golden era, are we not? Somewhere in the, in the back of our minds, we believe that we can, we can have it at this moment. I mean, isn't that what, what all the uproar in the streets is all about? We want justice. We want peace. And we want those things right now. In fact, we want it so bad that we'll even resort to violence in order to get it. But Jesus paints us a picture that is much different. A, a reality concerning his kingdom that, that doesn't meet the expectations of the people. That the sons of the kingdom will be intermixed with the sons of the evil one. Think about that. Why would Christ establish his kingdom in this manner? Part of this has to do with his mission. I mean, if he wanted to, he could immediately deliver the justice that you want. He, he could do away with all the evil in this world. But he has something greater in mind. For, for his desire is that the sons of the kingdom would become witnesses to the sons of the evil one in order that they too might repent and turn to him and be saved. But for that to happen, true justice and the shalom of God will, will have to wait. You see, while the, while the kingdom is growing, it has yet to see its final consummation. That, that last day when the sound of weeping and the sound of crying will be heard in it no more. Yes, the, the, the reign of Christ is already here, but it is not yet complete. The kingdom has arrived, but not in its full glory. But lest we think that justice and shalom will never come, Jesus consoles our hearts with the end of his tale. Look at our final verses. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom 
everything that causes sin, and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. A time of judgment where justice will be fulfilled is coming. All that pent-up anger and frustration that you are feeling today will one day be resolved. For the king, he will remove the weeds, all those who cause sin, all who, who do evil. They will receive their just due. There will not be one action, not one careless word spoken, not one wicked thought that God won't recall. This is how it will be for the sons of the evil one. But why is this so? It is because they lack any fear of God. Just like their father, the devil, they want to be in charge. They are not happy with, with God's plan, and so they devise their own. They, they want the kingdom for themselves, and they want it here, and they want it right now. And so they will commit evil acts in order to obtain it. Listen, if you only care about today and have no fear of God's judgment, then, then, then you will be willing to do, to do just about anything because, because you believe that you can get away with it. Let this parable be a warning to you. God sees everything you do. And there will be a time when, when he will bring about his justice. But if you have a fear of God, then let these words be a comfort to you. For the justice that you seek will not be lost. For God cares for the oppressed and seeks vengeance on their behalf. You see, the, the, the story for, for the sons of the kingdom, it has a brighter ending. For there will, there will finally be that day when shalom will reign and the pain of this world will be at an end. The righteous, these sons of the kingdom, those who have turned from their sins and put their trust in Jesus for their forgiveness, the forgiveness that he offers at the cross, they, they will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. They will join in in that golden age where every, every tear is wiped away and, and all the conflict and all the suffering is no more. Dear friends, this is the hope of the Christian. That there is something far greater than what this fallen creation has to offer. That God will bring about his perfect justice and his flawless peace. But that means that we will have to wait. For the reality of the kingdom, at least for now, is that our world is full of both wheat and weeds. There will be evil amongst you. There will be corruption. There will be crimes. There will be violence. And many of these things will go unpunished. And, and while you should speak out in support of the oppressed, you should not lose hope if your voice is not heard. For your confidence in both justice and shalom is not found in the kingdoms of this world. Rather, it is found in the kingdom of heaven. Only in Christ, your true king, will you find what you are looking for. Trust in him, and you will not be disappointed. Let us pray.
Father, we confess to you right now that, that all too often we, we look to worldly ways to find justice and peace. Help us to repent and to look to you. Guide us by your Holy Spirit. And may our hope be in Christ alone as we seek your shalom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.